revive the saints. Uh, if you haven't known what I've been doing, I've just been preaching revival into your spirit. You haven't been getting it, then you need to get the tapes and get it again because it's been real good. Amen. <clears throat> if you don't know it's real good, then you don't know it's real good and you need to get it so you know it's real good. Not because I'm all of that, but because the Word of God is real good. Amen. I love the Word of God. The Word of God is the platform for which we stand upon and we build upon and we apply to our lives and it changes things not only in us but things around us and those who are around us and so uh, we're thankful for the word of God and, and to you know just add in a little humor to it tonight but the reality is I have been on an assignment and that is to stir up the gift of God that is in you because we're about to go into the harvest field and uh, we're about to shift here, and, and it's not going to be about you. It's going to be about your lost family members. It's going to be about those who are hurting. It's going to be about those that are broken. It's going to be about those who don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Amen? And, and so it's my time now to stir up the gift of God in you and to prepare you to help us to go and to reach that mission field. And so... Uh, <clears throat> The, those um, Word of God is uh, available on CD. It's on our website. Uh, you can go to iPod, iTunes, uh, Hurricane Church, and look at it. And all of those sermons that I've been preaching are on there and available to you. And just get them in your spirit and get ready to be warriors. And let's go reach the harvest. Amen. Praise God. And so... I uh, thank you for those who have already committed to these uh, eight weeks, but I want you to be in prayer. I pray that you are praying for those uh, lost loved ones. I pray that you are uh, taking those uh, invite cards and giving them out to your co-workers and your family. I pray that you're doing random. Anybody been doing any random acts of kindness? Oh, God, help us. You mean people. Amen. Come on, get them cards out and let's do some random acts of kindness. Show the love of God this week, all right? Thank you, Brother Michael. Me and Brother Michael will show the love of God then. You heathens just say, <laughs> amen. No, let's, let's show Jesus, amen. You know, uh, was it Tim Boone, so one of the great men of God said it, to preach the gospel everywhere you go and if necessary, use words. Uh, we can exemplify the love of Christ. We can show his love and his mercy to others by the acts that we do. And so let's, let, <coughs> excuse me, let's use those for the glory of God. I'm excited about what God is doing in, the, in all of the, uh, uh, the anointing of God, of hearing good reports. People's lives are being changed, ministered to. Glad to see some of you that have been sick that are, are back tonight. Thank God for that. Amen. And out of a hospital. And, and uh, I'm thankful for that. Amen. Thank God. <clears throat> and, uh, Pastor Jack here, he's went to Cleveland Clinic, all the way to Cleveland Clinic, so that they would uh, tell him he is okay, right? Amen. He's going to do some 
fibrillation. I don't guess it was defibrillation, was it? They are going to do some heart work on him. And they checked him out a few months ago and said, you need some work done. And, and uh, then uh, we've been praying over and believing God for him. And he's told me, he said, Pastor, I'm feeling better. And sure enough, he went up there and checked out. And the doctor said, we can do it, but there's no use to. Everything is going great. Amen. Thank God for that. Praise God. And so I rejoice with Pastor Jack tonight and rejoice with each of you that God is ministering and touching you in a special way. Amen. I, I want to go tonight and, and to Joshua chapter uh, 2, and then I want to go to Joshua chapter 6. Uh, Joshua chapter 2, starting in verse 18, and then uh, we'll read through 21, and then we'll go to chapter 6 and do 16, 17, and 18 there. talked about Joseph Sunday morning and how that God brought him out of the pit. Sometimes you just got to praise God in spite of how you feel. Amen. Don't allow your feelings to tell you and dictate to you when you'll worship, how you'll worship, but you just allow the Holy Spirit in you to worship God. David said he blessed the Lord with all of his might. He didn't say anything about the Holy Ghost getting on him. Come on. He didn't say that God made him do it. He didn't even say he was running from the devil. He just said, I danced before the Lord with all of my might. And, and I found out that somewhere along the way, if you will be faithful in worshiping God, that and, and praising Him, even in your flesh, you worship Him and glorify Him, that somewhere in the midst of your worship, the Holy Spirit is going to partner with you and be able to give to God the praise that He deserves. Amen? Praise God. Somebody said, well, that's just the flesh. I, I'd hate to see somebody worship out of the flesh. Amen. He, he gives us these bodies so that we can glorify God. We're a spirit, right? We have a soul that lives in a body, but we take this spirit man and we dictate to this flesh what it will do. And that's the reason why David said, so bless the Lord, amen, at all times, and his praise be in my mouth. Well, let's look here in verse 18, Joshua chapter 2, verse 18. He said, unless when we come into the land, you bind this line of cord, scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you bring your father, your mother, your brother, and all of your father's household to your own home, it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house in the streets, his blood shall be on his own head, and we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you in this house, his blood shall be on our head if the hand is laid on them. And if you tell this business of ours, then we will be free from your oath, which you made uh, us swear. Then he said, according to your words, so be it. And she went, uh, sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet cord in the window. And then in chapter 6, Verse 16, chapter 6, verse 16, it says there, And the seventh time it happened, 
when the priests blew the trumpets that Joshua said to his people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And now the city shall be uh, doomed by the Lord to destruction, and it all and all who are in it, only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all who are in her house, because she hid the messengers that he sent. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you tonight for your word. We're in love with your word. We celebrate your word because your word is that lamp unto our feet and light unto our path. And I just pray tonight, God, that you would just speak to us and minister to us through your word and allow your word to come alive in these next few moments that we spend together. And we give you the praise and the thanks for it in the matchless name of Jesus. And amen. Amen. There was a promise given here to this woman. It was salvation for her household, that her whole house would be saved from destruction. But what we must understand here is that there is a season of time between the promise and the fulfillment of the promise. Uh, There is a time, a period between what God said he is going to do and what God does. What we must come to understand is that God's word never ages. His word is just as fresh today as the day that he spoke it. If he spoke it 10 days ago or 100 days ago, that word is still fresh. He doesn't have any expiration date on it. Amen. It is still good as the day that he spoke it. And so, therefore, there is time and there is seasons. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago and how that in the fullness of time, his word will come to pass. So we have to, he watches over that word and he hastens to perform it. On our way to fulfilling the will of God over our lives, the word of God over our lives, things don't just uh, happen quickly. Sometimes it takes process. Sometimes it takes a journey. Sometimes it takes difficult things between here and the fulfillment of the promise. Amen. Faith has to work through time. And to find out what we're made of, that means that before we can go into the fulfillment of a thing, we've got to go through some difficult places. We have to go through some trials and through some testing uh, before we get to the place of the promotion, till we come to the place of the promise. In fact, there are times when it looks like everything is contrary to what God told you. Things get worse instead of get better. Amen. Can I get a witness tonight? Amen. Sometimes it's hard for you to even hold on to and believe because when you look at it with your natural eyes, you would say, I would just be glad to get back to where I was, let alone get what God said that was mine. Amen. Because it looks like that we're going backward instead of forward. It looks like that it's contrary to what has been spoken into our lives. Amen. God says, I'm going to bless you and you're broke. (coughs) God says, I'm going to save your whole house. And they all start acting like demons. Ain't it true? It seems like that it's going the other way. 
It looks like that everything is backing up instead of going up. It looks like that your faith in this process of time, that it seems as though that, that you're going through it and, and yet the promise is not coming to pass. Amen. It seems like that as you go through this time, that the, the things that God said, yes, this is going to happen, looks like the enemy is saying no, and the enemy's no is stronger than God's yes. But I want to tell you tonight, the devil is a liar. And even though that the circumstances may look like that it's backing you up, God's getting ready for a setup in your life to cause you to go to the place that he has ordained and purposed for you. And whenever you get there, you'll know that it wasn't you that did it, but you'll throw your hands up willingly and say to God be the glory for the great things he has done in my life. Amen. I don't know when I'm going to come out, but I know that I'm coming out because God has promised it. Amen. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they came out through the deliverance of Moses. They went through a wilderness experience. Many people give up their faith when they're being tested. Many people will give up because they don't believe that they can possess the promise because they don't want to go through the wilderness. They don't want to go through the time of testing. But can I tell you tonight that if you've got a promise over your life, get ready because there will be a test. If the word of God has been spoken over your life, there will be a wilderness between your promise and the word that has been spoken over you. You don't think it's true. I can see it on your face. How many believe Jesus? And we are to be examples of Jesus, right? Jesus was baptized and the heavens opened up and Father God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And what did the scripture say immediately? He was led into the wilderness for what? To be tempted by the devil. You see, when the word of God comes over your life, rejoice over that word. Don't be fearful over that word. Don't say, I don't want the word, but be ready for the tempting to come. Be ready for the wilderness to come. Because I want to tell you, just as sure as you have a word, there is a wilderness that's got your name on it. Amen. There is a test that you're going to have to go through. A wilderness is, it fluctuates in temperature. It's hot in the day and it's freezing at night. Whenever we was in Mexico and, and doing some ministry there, and the hunt, in the daytime it'd be a hundred and something degrees. And at nighttime it'd be in the 20s and 30s. Amen. It speaks to me about the flexibility. It speaks to me spiritually and says that whenever you are in a wilderness experience, one day you're hot and the next day you're not. One day you're looking for the devil to beat him with a switch and the next day you're looking for a place to hide. Come on, somebody. One time you're ready to shout from the mountaintop and the next day it seems like the mountaintop's done, fell on you. 
when you're in a wilderness experience, you're, you're on fire one moment and you're cold the next. Amen. It speaks to me and tells me that I'm in the midst of a wilderness. I'm in the midst of testing. It doesn't mean that I've lost God. It doesn't mean that the enemy is overcoming me. It means that I'm in a time of the wilderness in my spiritual walk. And because of that, I cannot go upon my feelings. I can't go upon my emotions because if I do, I'll get on this spiritual roller coaster. And whenever I'm up, I think God's for me. And when I'm down, I'll think he hates me. And I want to tell you, that's not the God that we serve. God is not schizophrenic, baby. He don't get up one day loving you and want to bless you and the next day want to kill you. It's his good pleasure to give gifts to his children. He loves you and he wants you blessed. But the truth of it is all of us have to go through some wildernesses in our life. Amen. We must learn that our source is not external source, but it's an internal source. Amen. God taught Israel that they had to stay connected to God so that they could stay on an even keel. So that they weren't up and down and up and down and hot and cold, but that they knew that God would supply their need. Amen. Everything around them was fluctuating, but they learned how to be stable in fluctuating times. And that's what we have to do when we go through a wilderness, amen, and your job is fluctuating and your friends are fluctuating and your feelings and your emotions are fluctuating. You've got to be like a weeble wobble and learn how to weeble and wobble and still not fall down. Amen. You got to be like Timex and learn how to keep a licking and keep on ticking, baby. Amen. Keep on putting that smile on your face and say it's not the world, but it's the joy of the Lord that gives me strength. And I refuse to be dictated to by the circumstances around me. I'm going to live my life according to the word of God that is in me. And I'm going to stand in the midst of this wilderness and declare that God is a good God. Amen. In the wilderness, there's not much food. That means that when you're going through the wilderness, you have to learn how to live on one word from God. Amen. I knew you would like that. God will not be speaking to you every hour in the wilderness. He'll not be giving you directions like GPS every 10 minutes. You know, that lady comes on there, turn right, turn right, turn right. He speaks to you. Moses got one word from God in 40 years. Think about that. And that one word was enough to sustain Moses. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that the word that God gave you before you went into this time of testing and this place of the wilderness, that God didn't change his mind, that you've got to hold on to that word. Just because Jesus went into the wilderness and was being tempted of the devil did not change the mind of God that this is my beloved son and I'm well pleased in him. 
Amen. He, he was still the son of God. And that word that God speaks over your life, it may seem like that it's insignificant. It may seem like that it's over and it's gone. But I want to tell you that that one word is enough to bring you out of that wilderness in your life. Hold on to that one word. I'd rather have one word from God than a dictionary from man. I'd rather have one word from God than the approval of people. I'd rather have one word from God than all of the promises that could be made in the world. Because you see, the promise or the word is only good as the one that has spoken it. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you one word from God that he is able to perform in our life. He said he would watch over his word and hasten to perform it. He will bring it to pass. And so hold on to that one word that he has given you. Amen. He doesn't give you a whole lot in the wilderness because he don't want you just to eat what you want and throw the rest away. He wants you to learn how to take that one word and squeeze every bit of juice out of it that you can. Hold on to that one word and squeeze out of it all of the promise that you can until you learn how to take one word and and make it through the wilderness. Amen. You see, God is not about to waste that word so that you can just say, well, I, I like that and I don't like this. But he says, I'll give you one word. And if you hold on to that one word, it'll be enough to sustain you in the midst of your difficulty. Amen. You learn how to go a long ways on a little word. Amen. You remember the prophet when he was over there laid up and the Bible said that he sent angels and he fed him what? Meat, right? And he went on the strength of that meat. How long? 40 days. The strength of that meat. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. You you can't live on milk. You can't live on the, 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 just on, on just insignificant little words, but you got to get the meat of the word. And that one word, that meat of the word, it sustained the man of God for 40 days. I want to tell you today that the word of God is powerful. He don't just drop it down just to waste it. But when he speaks a word, it is a full of authority. It is full of creative power. It is, crea- it is creative in its nature. And when he releases that word, it is going to do something in your life. Hallelujah. The reason why the sun came up this morning is because how many years ago he said, let there be light. And that one word was spoken and there's still light today. Hallelujah. The grass is starting to grow today. God help us. But the grass is still growing today. This 6,000 years later because he said let there be grass. And and he spoke it into existence. And it's still growing today because there is creative power in the word of God. I want to tell you that healing came to Pastor Jack. And healing has come to you today. Because he said by my stripes you are healed. And that creative healing. 
healing power is still flowing today. One word is enough to set you free. One word is enough to deliver your marriage. One word is able to bring you out of a boat that is rocking and reeling and cause you to walk on water, baby. Hallelujah. I want to tell you tonight, all you need in the midst of the wilderness is one word. And if you hold on to that word, darkness may endure for the night, but that word's still going to be with you in the morning and it will bring you out of your trouble. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, you got to learn how to hold on to that word. In the wilderness, there are not many landmarks. Everything looks the same. Me and dad and his friend when I was little was coon hunting and I found some blackberries. So I told my granddad about it and I said, let's go get us some blackberries. I said, there's a bunch of them. I found the blackberries, but I couldn't remember how to get back. We went around that place. (laughs) It all looked the same to me. And about the sixth time around, granddad said, you lost, boy. I said, I ain't lost. I just don't know where I'm at. Whenever you're in the wilderness, everything's looking the same. There's no city. There's no landmarks. There's, it all looks the same to you. And the enemy starts using that against your mind, saying, you ain't making no progress. You, you were here yesterday. You was in this place last week. You, 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 are you understanding me? And he uses that against you because it all looks the same. The situation looks the same. The day looks the same. The circumstances look the same. And the enemy starts using that against you because he says, you know, it, it, you were here before. Amen. And God gets you to the place where that uh, sometimes in your life where that you cannot go by what you see. We were in Mexico, and that I referred to earlier. We were there, and they told us that it was going to be a three-hour trip. Is that right? Yeah, three hours. Three hours, they said, we'd be where we was going. Got on this bus, and we started up in the desert, up in the, up the mountains and down the mountains, and, and it all looked the same to me. Sixteen hours later. They stop and ask, where are we at? Isn't it true? And here we are in the midst of this desert, not knowing nobody, nothing. Just wandering, looking like, going around in circles, it felt like. But finally, we found, found the, the, the big city, Hatapia. Look for it on the map. <laughs> And, and, and we found the place we were going to. Are you with me? Suddenly it came up. I want to tell you tonight that that's the way it is in our life. If we're not careful, we'll give up in this journey. We'll give up on the word of God. The enemy will talk us into that, 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 that you, you have been here before. You've always been here. You're not making any progress. You might as well give up. Turn around. Go back. Quit because you're not going to make it. When the truth of it is that in the midst of that wilderness, you have no landmarks. But you've got to not go by what you see. You've got to go by what you know. 
And the further that you walk with God and the longer that you walk with God, the less that He's going to show you. When you first got saved, He showed you a lot. Huh? He'd show you a lot because you needed that. You need to see some landmarks. But the longer you walk with him, it's not a sight walk. It's a faith walk. And so now that you're starting to mature and you're starting to develop and you're starting to know him in a better way, amen, you don't see all the road signs that you used to see. You don't see the landmarks that you used to see, but you know in your spirit who you are and you know the God that you are serving and you know the one that has spoke this word over your life that he is able to perform it in your life. And so even though that a sight would be good and even though a little, a little knowing that God, this you're, you're doing something would be great. It's not, we don't walk it out like that. We're in the midst of this desert and everything looks the same. But we know that if we keep on with the word of God, hold on to that promise of God. Amen. That he is going to take us through. And it's not because we see the end of the road. It's not because we see daylight at the end of the tunnel. But it's because God has spoken a word in my life before I ever went into this storm. Before I ever went into this wilderness. And he's not changed his mind. He's going to bring me out. Glory to God. He's going to see me through. He's going to turn it around for my good and for his glory. Amen. You see, the wilderness terrain is rough. It's mountainous. It's steep. It's hot in the mornings. It's cold in the night. There's no protection. And you've got to learn how to be tough. Amen. This Americanized gospel has made the church powder puff Christians. Amen. And we don't know how to be tough anymore. My Lord, a flat tire will cause somebody to quit God now. Amen. I mean, something don't go right in our lives. Somebody talks about us and we give up. We quit. I'd hate to be in line behind Paul. Testimony service time comes in heaven. Huh? Shipwrecked, beaten with rods, left for dead. Come on. Stoned outside the city. All of this. And I come up there and said, what did you suffer? They didn't like my preaching. Somebody talked about me. Somebody lied on me. You know, I ain't got nothing. Y'all just sit down and say, let him talk on. Because I ain't got nothing. Come on. And we, we sometimes we just get too soft. But we've got to ha- learn how to be tough in this relationship. Amen. We've got to learn how to hold on to a promise. And we've got to learn how to bless God in the good times as well as the bad times. Amen. We've got to learn how to just bless him because he's God and don't worry about while, you know, they didn't like me. Well, guess what? They don't like you at Walmart either. You keep on going. Right. They talk about you. Look at them. They got that buggy all full and going to take three hours to get through here. I hate when they pile up stuff like this and you just keep on going back. 
Amen. But you can't take any criticism. Somebody don't like you. Well, bless God. Just move to the other side of the church and just keep on worshiping God, blessing God. Because you see personalities, we ought to love one another. But the reality is when personalities get together, there's going to be different ones. But I want to tell you, it ain't going to stop me from loving God, blessing God, worshiping his name and giving him some kind of praise. Amen. The wilderness gets tough. Think about it. Think about the price that has been paid. Think about even in modern day society. Amen. What over? What is it? In Iraq, Iran, that, that pastor's facing death sentence because he won't renounce Jesus Christ. We think about the church as this modern day American church, but I want to tell you there are people that are take, giving their lives for the cause of Christ even today. There are people that are giving their lives and saying, you can take my life, but I'll not renounce Jesus Christ. Why? Because it isn't always easy. It isn't always a cakewalk. It isn't always fluff. It isn't always walking from cloud nine to cloud ten. Sometimes you're going to go through the valley. Sometimes you're going to go through the wilderness. The same Bible that said that he will bless you, amen, and take care of you and supply all of your needs according to his riches, his glory by Christ Jesus our Lord is the same God that said many are the afflictions of the righteous. And it would be gloomy if it stopped there. But thank God for the conjunction. But the Lord shall deliver them out of them all. You see, God is faithful to us if we'll be faithful to him. If we'll just hold on to that promise, even in the bad times. I don't think that God is so, and this is just Matthew's translation, so you can do with it what you want. But I don't think God gets so excited when we're on the mountaintop jumping up and down and singing Kumbaya. I think it's when we're having Job situations and going through difficulty and everything is upside down and our life is confusing and we don't know which way is up and our body is racked with sores and, and we still lift up a holy hand and say, God, I still love you. I think that's when heaven looks over its uh, gates and says, yeah, that's my beloved son. That's my daughter. That's the one I'm talking about because they're not praising me because of everything going good. They're praising me in spite of it because they know that I'm going to be good to them. Amen. You see, they don't have to, to have what it takes to hold on to the promise when they're not in the promised land. That's why Joshua and Caleb made it to the promised land and others didn't. It's because they had a, a spirit that said, we, we know how to be tough. Amen. The Bible says that Caleb had a different spirit. He didn't quit because things didn't go his way. He didn't quit because everybody voted against him. Huh? How would you feel? Yeah, a whole church vote against you. Two of you stand up, say we can possess the land. Everybody else votes, say we can't do it. How many know in this modern day church we'd put up our fingertip out and go find us another one? Come on, somebody. But Joshua and Caleb didn't do that. They said, we are well able to possess this land. The Bible said Caleb had a different spirit. 
Caleb means attack dog. I like Caleb. Attack dog. He wasn't no papered pooch. He wasn't no pedigreed something. He wasn't setting up in the lap. But he was an attack dog. He was a bulldog. He, had a, he wasn't the best looking one of the bunch. You ever seen a bulldog? Anybody got bulldogs? Good, I can talk about them. They ugly. Amen. They ugly. You know they're ugly. It looks like they've been hit in the face with a sledgehammer. And everything just been pushed back up in their head, right? But I want to tell you, I, I stand amazed at them things because, you know, we, we went hunting. And I helped me, animal activists, pray for me. But we went hunt, hog hunting. And, and they took the hounds and they found the hogs. But whenever they got ready to capture the hog, they didn't put the hounds in there. They turned the bulldog loose. Are you with me? And he was ugly. But I found out why that nose set so far back up in his head. Because whenever he grabbed a hold of that hog that was four times his size, he got a hold on him and he pulled down to the ground. And he pulled something four times his size down to the ground and that joker didn't move. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, that taught me something in the spirit. Now, I know you think I'm crazy, but just pray for me. But I was out there hunting and watched that dog, and I said, man, I like Caleb even more now because I knew that he had a bulldog spirit. It meant he got after the promise of God. He got a hold of that thing. He wasn't the prettiest. He wasn't the cutest, but he learned how to hold on to the promise that God had given him. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, don't look, don't worry about being the prettiest. Don't worry about being the cutest, but just get a hold of the promise, that one word that God has placed over your life and say, I'm going to hold on to this promise until it comes to pass in my life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. They called a church meeting and thought that they had sent Joshua and Caleb in there and they would see the enemy and get fear in their heart. But how many know it backfired on them? This attack dog got a hold of the land that God had promised him. Hallelujah. And some 45 years later, Caleb would come back and he would say, I'm now 85 years old. But he said, I'm just like I was 45 years ago. He said, that same anointing is on me today as it was the day I went in and spied out the land. He said, I'm able to make war. I'm able to go in and I'm able to come out. He said, look here, whenever I was in there, this is Matthew's translation. You can find it out for yourself. He said, but this is it. He said, I went in there and I got a hold of a piece of that ground. I know where I'm going to have my retirement pad. Now, if you want to, you can live out here in the wilderness. You can die out here in the wilderness. But I got a hold of the promise over there. I'm not asking you to give me something that's already been captured. I'll go in and fight the giant for myself. Why? Because I've still got the word that God gave me 45 years. 
years ago. My God, I've still got the promise he gave me 45 years ago. That word is still good over my life. And I'm not asking you to give me something that's conquered. I want that mountain over there that's full of giants. I want that territory over there that the enemy is still possessing because God has given me a word and he has anointed me and I'm well able to possess the land. Hallelujah. I want to tell you tonight, don't look for something easy. Don't look for those who say it's just an easy thing to do, but look for that giant that the enemy said you couldn't conquer. Look for that land. It may be your marriage. It may be your finances. It may be your family that the devil said will never serve God, but I want you to get a hold of it with a bulldog spirit and say, I'm not going to let go of the promise. They will come in. My children will come from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth because God has promised me in his word. Oh, come on and praise him tonight. You see, his problem was he was an attack dog running with grasshoppers. <laughs> All they wanted to do is hop around. Wherever it was easy, that's where they wanted to hop. They had to hop here where there was no resistance and hop over there where there wasn't any problem and hop over here where there wasn't any enemy. Amen. Eat a little bit over here and then eat a little bit over there. But you see, he said, you're never fulfilling the promise with a grasshopper complex. He said, God said that he wouldn't just bring us to this wilderness, but he said he's got a land for us to possess. Amen. You can stay in the wilderness if you want to. You can die here if you want to. But he said, God has given us a promise. He has given us a word. And I'm going to hold on to that word. We walk by faith and not by sight. That means that God builds our faith in us until we don't go on what we see, but we go on what we know. The fact that you can't see where you're going tells you that God is in control. The fact that you cannot know and it looks like that everything is the same is the, that, and you're still walking it out is a, a, a testimony against the enemy that he has not deceived you and that you're still walking by faith. Amen. If you're going through a wilderness, then you should rejoice. Amen. Why? Because God is getting ready to toughen us up. He's getting ready to prepare us and set us up. So we can go in and get the land of promise. So that we can receive the word that he has over our lives. Amen. You have to get faith inside of you so that nothing can hamper you. So nothing can stop you. Amen. You've got to get faith down inside of you so that no matter if the rain is, if the sun is shining or the rain is pouring, that you know that God is watching over his word and going to bring it to pass in your life. Amen. You'll never get your promise sitting around being a soft Christian and always having it your way. Someday you've got to get up and climb the mountain. Someday you've got to put on your shoes and begin to say, if no one else goes, I'm going to go. But if you've been through the wilderness, it means that God's getting ready to position you to give you the promise. Text, I'm not. I just thought I'd read you something. 
But what I am going to tell you is this. You've got to go through the wilderness before you'll see the promise. I'll preach the net rest next Wednesday. Just kidding about not getting to it. But you've got to go through this so you can receive that. He said, if you'll be faithful, I'll just give you a little bit. If you'll be faithful and get your family in, then I'll do what I said I was going to do. But you just got to get them in this house. Amen. I want to leave that with you because we're going into this season in this next eight weeks. And I want to challenge you to get your family in and see if God won't do the rest. Get your family in this house. Invite them. Statistics tell us that 82% of people will come if they're only invited by a friend or a family member. Invite them to come. And let's see what God will do. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand with me tonight. Praise God. I want us just to come up here around the altar tonight. Maybe... You're going through a wilderness, maybe you're not, but let's just all come together.